Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Zenitsu. This week, we will be discussing the results of the Play TCG DC1 event, as well as the November 11th restriction list update. We are now available on all podcasting networks, including, but not limited to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Find us at Wolf Den Digimon TCG. And we're also on YouTube under Zenitsu and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Zenitsu. So today we're going to start off with going over the Play TCG results. We do have that update for us. Um, it's basically the only event of North American significance for BT10 because... EX3 comes out so shortly thereafter that this is the only real snapshot of what we get of just BT10. Though, as we have mentioned quite a few times, that EX3 doesn't change a whole lot. It mostly just adds to the list. But uh, I guess now that's not so much true because, uh, as you'll see a little bit later when we get into the actual restriction update. So before we get into that, um, going over the Play TCG data, um, there were 233 participants. We have to remember this is a DC Cup, so the uh, event was just more expensive to buy into. Um, Too expensive. The prizes, yeah, <laughs> it was like 70, 80 bucks for playmats and promos, and then the chance at some better promos. Um, so it was uh, something a lot of people didn't feel like they needed or wanted. And the funny thing is they actually increased the cap from like the usual 512 to like 700 something. Um, and uh, it just goes to show that maybe this was the wrong event to do that with. I think like Ultimate Cups and other events were a little bit more lucrative. I think just the sheer high price point uh, was definitely a deterrent, especially with Ultimate Cups and uh, store championships going on right now as well. Um so as far as the actual data goes, um, first place, it was Armor Rush. Second place was Grandis. Third place was Cross Hearts. Uh, fourth place was Metal Guru X or Melga X. Uh, fifth place was Security Control. Sixth place was Alphamon. Seventh place was Cross Hearts. Eighth place was uh, Metal Guru X. Ninth place, D Brigade. Tenth place, Alpha. 11th place, Crosshearts, 12th place, Jessmon, 13th place, also Jessmon, 14th, more D Brigade, 15th, Melga X, and 16th, Melga slash Metal Guru X. So, um, I guess before we actually talk about that, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you. I do think that while it is interesting and good that we have so many different types of events we have store championships we have ultimate cups we have online regionals we have dc1s um i think that they really need to figure out what they want and kind of decide on i mean we really only have three really types of events um at the online like major level and but we, we i think we probably would only really need two, or at least potentially have tierings. I know last year's DC Cup had uh, multiple purchase options, where, but 
it was either ridiculous or double ridiculous. There was no. You just get yeah. You just get an extra play mat, and the DCs are most like the majority of them are for Gen Con. Uh, they did this last year where it was literally a one-off event just for the people who couldn't do the Gen Con stuff. Um, so it's just timed, I think, really poorly. Uh, last year, it was around the same exact time. I had the option between doing this or store championship. Oh, uh, here it I comes. To do... well, yeah, I know. Update I the scoreboard. I love the story so much. <laughs> yeah. It's been three weeks but... since we talked about how we almost made nationals. <laughs> yep. Um, so I just, again, same situation, second verse, same as the first. Um, so I'm expecting to see this type of pattern continue next year. Um, it seems like they're still trying to figure out, uh, not necessarily events, um, but as far as like maybe other stuff, uh, cause this year compared to last year, we did have in-person events. So there was actually more events this year than last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, just variety is the spice of life and maybe this high of a entry bar was uh not necessarily the the best thing for the current time period yeah but outside of that um going back to the actual event itself 233 people still pretty respectable and uh we still got some good data there was eight different decks represented in top 16 uh, granted, four of them was Metal Guru and three of them was Cross Hearts. I think those were like the two most represented out of the top 16. But there was still a pretty wide variety of decent decks that were being represented here. Hmm. So, this is interesting. I, I don't know how to interpret this, but... I'm just going through the actual like best coast pairings link now, and what, what what do you know what the difference between the blue number one and the red number one is? No, because there's there's two ones, so obviously those are ties. But why is one blue and one red? Um, because I think red would be loss, and then blue would be zero. Something. There's also red zeros though. There's blue ones, and then red i see actually there's only one red one which is even weirder no there's a couple more red ones this is i don't understand this i just click the buttons and do the things and i know it's just i don't it doesn't make sense to me but um because assuming yeah win lost tie those are your only three options unless they were using some sort of technically considered victor at end of game but still a tie i don't know because um there are two people that were actually the same record technically which is why i'm, I'm confused about the actual the first and second place players both went completely undefeated except for one tie uh, the first place player tied in the second to last round, and the second place player tied in the second round. And so neither of them lost, but neither of them only won. And yet, I think, I think it went just by opponent, um, 
because no, payout to record basically. Yeah, it went to opponent win percentage, but it's even weirder because the first place player has 22 match points, 70% opponent win percent. Second place player 21, 61. Third place 21, 59. Fourth place 21, 54. So the second, third, and fourth players were actually all tied in points, and those are definitely structured by opponent win percentage. But they awarded an additional point to the first place player for something. And maybe it's the blue one versus the red one. Because the others don't have blue Could ones. Could have been he dropped the game, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to read too far into it. I no, just care about No, this is me looking, looking at numbers. It. it is it is entirely relevant to the like the greater issue at hand. Um so I guess to begin as, this isn't yeah, exactly where as... I thought this would end up. This this is not it it is and it isn't, I guess. Go ahead. So like we all were expecting Crosshearts to be this ginormous big boogeyman. The deck seemed extremely insane based on Japanese results, but after some playtesting myself and after um, some initial, well, you know, this data, uh, it shows that Crosshearts isn't as hyper-problematic as it seems. It's insanely good when it goes off, but it still has some woes that it needs to work through in order to, you know, actually go off. Uh, it is prone a little bit to bricking. It does have a lot of searching and digging tools to be able to draw lots of cards and be as consistent as it possibly can. But you can get these really awkward openers where it's just like, okay, here is a tamer that I'm getting for no value. Here is a card that I have to play offbeat. Um, like, it's, it's, it is a Digimon deck. Uh, no deck is ever perfect. Otherwise, you know it would be basically what we saw in Japan. Um, and instead, we also were overtacking for Crosshearts. Uh, that's why uh, Death Exmon's price just went through the roof, because it was one of the better cards to play because of Crosshearts being a tamer-wide deck. Uh, on top of that, just a lot of other decks were just naturally good into Crosshearts. So the first place deck, Armor Rush, you just get an early Metal... Uh, not, I was going to say Metal Guru... Uh, you get an early game um, Magna X, and you basically just shut them out, like, period. They can't really deal with it, and the only card that they have in the entire deck to actually deal with it, outside of, like, hope it has some sort of small DP minus to attack into it, is uh, Sunrise Buster. And thanks to Gold Digizoid, uh, the option, it shores up that one weakness, so now Cross Hearts is going to have a hard time into uh, the Armor Rush decks. Uh, Grandis is still Grandis. It just punches really hard. And I don't know if anyone bothered to notice that Crossheart security is pretty weak, but spoiler, it's pretty weak because you're basically just Rookie Rush. Um, I was testing Metal Guru into it, and Metal Guru is pretty good into it just because, again, their security is weak. I could just dump damage. And I can move just as fast, if not faster than them still. Um, so, like, it goes to show that a lot of these decks still are good into the Crosshearts matchup while still being good in their own general sense. And a lot of these decks that we're seeing right now in these early well, in this early results... In uh, the singular the early result. result. <laughs> yeah, the only result is 
just that. Like, these are just good, consistent decks that not only are good into cross arts, but good into other decks as well. Um, so I do have to make a, a note here because it you at least you started in one place and ended in a different place, and um, because I feel like the general sentiment right now amongst you know the competitive community has been that cross arts was overrated. Not that it was this big boogeyman. This is not BT5 or BT, uh, BT6 or BT9 where we walked into the format being afraid of something and then once we got it in our hands, we were even more afraid of it. This is the, like, everyone that had been playing, testing Cross Hearts into Cross Hearts or, you know, like, with Cross Hearts can tell you the same story that it deck does have weaknesses. Especially when like you said, every deck, we, we, we walked into this not necessarily being afraid of cross hearts, being 100% prepared for cross hearts, though. And that's really what this shows is every single deck, I promise you, every single deck was running two or three cards exclusively for the cross hearts matchup, which is just kind of justified at this point. And, but because of that, it isn't that dominant. If every deck can afford to just run two Death X is honestly the most consistent tech card I've seen. Like, especially at um at my locals, it's like the joke now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start building a deck two de two Death X. What deck? I I didn't even tell you what I'm building yet. Exactly. Like two Death X, and then start from there. Okay, what are my what color am I gonna play? <laughs> you figure that out after you sleeve up your two Death X. And it's because it's just so true. There are too many cross arts players there are too many like it's so easy to play death x against cross arts and while it you know like you know the uh geniuses would the player point out like oh it doesn't actually stop death x it doesn't it doesn't do anything into cross arts like yes it does not do anything into cross arts you play it and then they can still win the game on the next turn if they have their pieces set up but it also is really annoying and it's a lot of pressure for a cross hearts player to know that they can't even in their worst case scenario rely upon shout five as like a to stave off aggression if need be but it's it's not that bad but we knew that we would all have to deal with it so we all kind of dealt with it and this is what that shows is obviously there's still a, a, a couple cross hearts players there but the most winningest deck here is actually like Metal X, Melga X. And as you said, you know, Crossheart security is pretty weak. And outside of explicitly Sunrise Buster, you're not going to die to a Crossheart security. And if you see your pieces quickly enough, then you just kind of run them down before they can even get their sources and their tamers ready to do any cross for shenanigans. Because ultimately, when I was playtesting cross arts, that was the probably hardest thing to do is basically just see all my pieces and get them to where they need to be. Granted, I could use a lot of them from my hand, but uh, if I could actually get more value out of them by actually using them, I rather would. But that is just the big core crux is you need to see your cards 
And if you are spending all of this time digging for your cards and the other player is already done, like what what are you what are you actually to do in that situation? And Crossarts comes up into that situation more often than it wants to admit. And in best of one, obviously it's gonna be a little bit more polarizing of a result because there's only one game that they're playing to do that. Doing that consistently between three games and a best of three mm-hmm. is a lot more to ask out of the deck. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like we've kind of beat the discussion into the ground a little bit as far as why we think Cross Hearts won't be as dominant here. Um, and the only result we're going to have is this one, and it was okay. It was pretty good. You know, still tier one deck. Still, I think, the second most represented deck here. Barely? What? Uh, yeah, it's the second most represented. Alpha, Alpha, two Alphas, two Jessmons, two D Brigades, three Cross Hearts. So, yep. you know, just, Hearts, uh, just slightly it's... higher than Alpha Mon, Jessmon, and D Brigades, which all fair decks, you know, um, fair ish, I guess, in this format, because um, we already knew Alpha was getting, you know, uh, Doru removed at some point, but I guess now we have a hard date. Um, oh, crap. I forgot the... So, <laughs> viewer question of the week. Sorry. Um, so, this week's question is, coming from a Cross Hearts player, the deck is overrated. It needs time and setup to perform unless you get really lucky. Why do you think it needs to be restricted? Good question, viewer. Um, the deck is getting restricted. <laughs> Um, so, the actual, we received a very, uh, out of the blue, really, as far as the actual, nobody was expecting it, um, we hadn't ever gotten a ban or restriction announcement of this variety that they just kind of, like, stuck one in there, that nobody, nobody was expecting this outside of potentially a hard date on Doru Greymon, so, uh, going over, uh, specifically, the four cards restricted are Calling from the Darkness, the purple option card, restricted to one. Sunrise Buster, limited to one. Doru Greymon, limited to one. We already knew that was going to happen at some point. And Shout Cross 4, limited to one. Uh, effective November 11th, or just before the launch of EX3. It is the launch of EX3. Oh, it is? I'm sorry. I thought it was the 19th for whatever reason, but that that that's no. the... That's the other thing. Okay, yeah, that's the uh, tournament. That's not the actual... That's It'll be an EX3 tournament. So yeah, November 11th is the launch. So with the launch of EX3, these cards are restricted to one. Um, they have... I guess we just take turns. I'll start. Calling from the Darkness uh, was restricted because the player's ability to delete their own Digimon to then get cards from a player's own trash at a low cost would cause some endless loops and support unintended playstyles. Um, I don't disagree with that logic, but was anyone actually running any more than one Calling from the Darkness in their loop decks anyway? Uh, There were some that were running two. Like, I honestly, because I I have now since changed my list a little bit, but maybe I consider changing my list again. Um, I was only running one, and I was running a Dobermon to just do what Calling from the Darkness did wanted to do but slightly less efficiently i think it i think it's the 
multifaceted capability of the card, which is why it was, you know, a problem, was that A, the subtext of deleting your Digimon is not a cost, so you could do it for free if you don't have one. That's kind of iffy and unintended, probably. that it, it probably didn't read the way they wrote their own card. Secondly, it costs one, and usually in the decks you're running it, deleting your Digimon's a good thing. And the fact that you're grabbing back any two purple Digimon, which now we have two color Digimon into the mix, one of them being Death Xmon. Um, as far as a high level one goes, uh, yeah, it is just a card that was like, I don't know, it wasn't like overly good, but it, it was a very good enabler. And I think they just didn't want to have it enable as much. Granted, it's weird, I made a whole video uh, just going over the news, and one of the things I thought of immediately was like, oh, but Purple has ways to grab this card back. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's limited to one in the sense that you can only put one in your deck, but, like, sometimes, depending on the deck and the game, you could probably actually play this game, uh, this card, two to three times. Yeah. Um, Want to read the next one? Uh, yes, so the next one is going to be, straight off down the list, Sunrise Buster. So Sunrise Buster is the 5-drop red and yellow uh, yeah, option card. You don't card. have to read the card, just read the, the reasoning. Yeah. We should all know what it and, is by now. Yep, and their reasoning is this card has powerful DP reduction effect along with the effect to, to play tamers. Therefore, the output of this card is greater than intended for some decks, and for this reason, they decided to restrict it to one copy per deck. So the three big decks that come to my mind that were abusing this card, A, Crosshearts, B, uh, Security Control, and C. Were Seccon um, even running it? I don't I don't really know of any Seccons that run Everyone that I'm... It's basically just Mastamon decks without a Mastamon. And not even, not like Ofani, Lu, blah, blah, blah. It was like, no, it's just Magna Angemons, Venusmons, and then it's it, purple, yellow. I don't know of any yellow red security control anymore. That's like uh, so there, eight months there ago. Was, <laughs> there was a reason to run red eggs to splash this card in. Um, yeah, I mean that was like a yellow hybrid but thing. The, but the other deck that would uh, consider running it outside of like red yellow hybrid slash rise Greymon is uh, Sequiamon. Mm. Um, and Sequiamon can just abuse yeah. this card wholeheartedly. Oh, I can play it for free, don't care about its color restrictions, because Sukuyamon Made Mode is a card that just bypasses that, and then shoves it right in the security, so that way you could trigger its security effect again. Yeah. You're not running that many tamers to make it like work work, but getting extra Rikas out is still pretty valuable for that style of deck. I mean, well, so I think this is, again, just a, a product of the using the Japanese data to justify their ban lists. Um, the card was a problem in CrossArts, which, you know, everyone... Because, again, um, it was a very short length of time, and it's, you know, um, something that we don't deal with, so it's something to uh, that we aren't as familiar with. But for the first two weeks of uh, BT10, CrossArts was a bad deck. Really bad deck. Because of the consistency issues we've mentioned, on top of the fact that people didn't build it as cross four as their big boss mega, they built it with cross five in mind. And not that that changes the list 
too, too much, the entire idea of waiting to your shout 5 as opposed to just shout 4 spamming is it a playstyle difference enough to make the deck way worse and it honestly it because of you know the usual i can just play a good deck from a previous format and that i've already played with a lot and everyone's trying to figure out their new decks for the first couple weeks of bt10 the cross arts players kind of mostly got run over by just good decks from bt9 and one of them being yellow hybrids mostly being yellow hybrids because yellow hybrids didn't have to relearn anything they just swapped out their level sixes and yellow hybrids was running as their megas at the time in the bt10 instance of the deck um venusmon and sakuyamon maid mode and the only reason he ran sakuyamon maid mode is because it played sunrise buster for free it's basically it because it's i know option plug-in or an option with five or less without meaning color like it, it just screams play this in yellow hybrids so um it was a great card in that deck and part of the reason why jet selfie mom was probably restricted because of how easy it was to play yellow hybrids using bt10 stuff but like before people ran sunrise buster and cross hearts it wasn't really that good i mean it was it would be a, it was a very small sample size very uh, short length of time but the sunrise buster and people figuring out to run the red yellow tamer maybe run uh a red tie you know and then well already the red yellow uh, tie yeah already angie and uh mighty uh sorry for using their english names um they were already fitting on color um mm -hmm. You just no, add a couple more just... red yellow because Sunrise Buster cares only about red or yellow tamers. And then right. it just lets you cast it always. You're already running a yellow egg and red tamers. Um so but Sunrise Buster it was not considered for the deck initially because it wasn't on theme and the deck already does have a lot of it's pretty tight already as far as all of the auto includes the four of each you know respective thing um it was really easy to add once you f you took out the fact that you didn't actually care to run their supposed on brand removal card of burning star crusher i know no one's ever heard of it because it's bad and no one plays it um but it lets you choose a level four or higher shoutmon and then delete an opponent's digimon with dp less than or equal to that digimon and then security effect is just play some cards. Um, it's it's bad. <laughs> way, way, way worse than Sunrise Buster. So once they swapped over to the less on-brand removal card and the tempo-efficient, memory-efficient... Sunrise Buster is better in general. But I just I feel like that's important to note that we don't ever have decks that are... Like, I guess it, it'll happen more now as we encounter decks that we have to figure out how it plays in new iterations of the meta, but we've never been handed a pile of new cards that no one's ever used, and two weeks after you learned that a card existed, you're playing with it in a tournament. Even if, we, you know, we have best of threes and stuff, it would change quite a bit if we had to actually come up with lists 100% organically ourselves. Thankfully, uh, the Japanese do a lot of the legwork and groundwork for us, 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a byproduct where the card was just used in ways that they didn't exactly foresee. I mean, granted, they could have foreseen it a little bit, but it also like hinders future design space on tamers. It's like, okay, now we can't have red or yellow tamers with on play effects because we have to be aware of Sunrise Buster, mm -hmm. and now that just limits red yellow design space as a whole. So, like, it, it is a card that is yeah. just super powerful and kind of problematic uh, to a degree. I mean, just think about, you know, the theoretical space where they want to make very impactful on-play tamers, like an 8-cost tamer. You can't print any 8-cost tamers in yellow or red as long as Sunrise Buster exists. But And we already saw um, a 5-drop in a future format mm -hmm. or future yeah, bt11 the purple tamer yep yellow purple um so moving on uh really don't have much to say here uh dora Greymon we knew was going to get restricted um they their reasoning is, is specifically uh multiple copies can easily be placed under digi adding multiple security plus ones and then it's powerful uh when digi evolving effect so yeah it was just kind of too much in one card they acknowledge that that um i know a lot of people have mentioned have brought up like ooh, like it's it's an ex-antibody we're going to be used by other black ex-antibodies and i think by the time they really return to black ex-antibody as a concept it would have been power crept enough already that this might have been not been that good but um maybe the next iteration of doru Greymon we get that instead of getting both the protection and security plus one It'll maybe just be a better protection, or maybe a protection inheritable, like we've seen with the Greymon or like Weregarurumon stuff. Yeah, because like the way Alphamon wanted to play, it only needed that one turn because it was using the Security Attack Plus or any other Security Attack Pluses plus Multi Attack to basically just break all of their security. And then just sit on a ginormous blocker that they just could not physically remove in any capacity because you have options to shore up even more protections. So it was just like, oh, you just can't touch my Digimon. You can't even get past my Digimon. And now my Digimon's just going to straight up kill you. Uh, congrats. So why don't you go ahead and start the last one? Yep, and uh, the last one is Shoutmon Cross 4. So uh, the reasons that they listed is that due to its effect uh, that allows the reuse uh, of the requirements uh, for the end of attack Digicross, this card uh, uh, can be used uh, to string repeated attacks at a low cost, just having multiple copies in the player's hand. Then its on-play effect also gives uh, the uh, deck a stronger than intended advantage to cross hearts decks, increasing the amount of cards in your player's hands. So to just balance, they restricted it to one. Uh, the card is kind of like Dora Greymon. It just does too much. Uh, the fact that the end of the attack just shoves all of the sources back underneath a tamer and unsuspends a tamer to then reload and the card with Digicross fully costs one uh, is just absolutely mind-boggling insane. Yeah, so, it's, like, it's, a it's, big it's too fucking much. Whiff, like... They, there were so many ways to make this card balanced. And, I, and like, honestly, I, I feel like it'd be a disservice to try and list them off here because not all of these concepts are organically mine. Anyone with any amount of, like, 
card game knowledge can look at this and find a way to make it balanced. Step one, don't make the cross, Digicross, you know, a one. It's one of the, like, the Shoutmons are kind of exclusive as far as they have many Digicross elements. You know, Shout 4 having four of them, Shout 5 having five of them. But, um, you know, having all of these very specific things sounds difficult in theory, but with the entire save mechanic, it isn't that hard. And then, you know, once you see one instance of each rookie, you just are shot for spam, and you win the game. Because you've already attacked four times with your other four shouts, or maybe three times, because Taiki puts a source underneath Taiki or whatever. And But you realistically... It's, it's usually two to three times. That's yeah, what I mean. You like, you're, your you're still rookie rushing, and then the fact that... Because shout four would be a good card, even without the fact that you could just do it technically four times a turn if you could just for one cost swing you know and then it doesn't unsuspend taiki even if you just end of attack tuck all the sources back past turn that would still be a good card but it wouldn't need require the restriction that it needed because now your win condition and the unknownness of my opponent has seen one of every of his shout four pieces and he has a taiki he now wins the game if he sees as many Shoutmon 4s as he wants to. Yeah, the my thing is just cut out the unsuspend the Tamer in general because you have Kiriha that unsuspends and then in uh, BT11 you have more Tamers that allow you to use your Tamers for Digicross. So it's, it's just... It breaks the, the whole nature that... of the deck and the mechanic because like, it's one of those things where you look you read a mechanic and you're like oh this is you know so there's a, a an inherent cost associated with i will play this and i can pay basically pay a card advantage that you know something that is fairly staple in digimon is you never really go down cards in hand as many as frequently as long as you're not hard playing everything every time you digivolve that card replaces itself um a lot of cards replace themselves in some way um a lot of tamers have draw engines attached to them to pay up for the fact that you don't get anything for playing them sometimes and yet as soon as you introduce the entire you know taiki slash kiriha mechanic of oh actually you can just use these under the tamers then you're actually not using the card from hand like digicross as a mechanic reads you know from hand or field and then not actually because once you have taiki or kiriha out it's from hand or field or safe place that only black war Greymon can touch yeah it, and on top of that the the draw two on it's on play at that's very a, worst that's a stupid reason i, I i'm not gonna it's, lie it's the so stupidest like it's, reason i've seen in a long time like the card so advantage it i mean it feeds into itself because you also have starmons that's drawing you an extra card when you swing so you're drawing three cards off of your use of one and then if you have any of the yellow tamer out then that's even more cards that you're drawing through your deck um well, when you're ready to go so, off to be able to make sure you could have your four three or however many cross fours that you're looking to use to close out the game. It's stupid because of the first mechanic. Without the fact to loop shout fours for one, just completely 
use its ability, swing security, and then pretend it never happened for you know one memory, the second ability to draw you two cards wouldn't matter. Because what it does now allow you to do is you end up in this situation where you can, kind of like Alphamon had to in a lot of the more aggressive matchups last format, you kind of have to just gamble on it. You, oh man, I don't have another Shout 4. But if I play this Shout 4 and I attack, I'll draw two and then draw one from each Angie, assuming you only, you know, how many ever Angies you have. And then maybe I see another Shout 4. And maybe that Shout 4 lets me see another Shout 4. And that that's the problem. Yes, is the it it does feed into itself. But if you could only do this once per turn, Shout 4 drawing you two cards on play would be fine because you would shout four and then you would draw two you would swing and then again just the small change of tuck the sources back don't unsuspend the tamer it's a very balanced card (laughs) yeah it's it stops you it stops you right there without unsuspending the tamer so and like i the reason why they hit uh calling is because they really don't enjoy or they don't like these loop style of gameplay. Well, they probably should have hit literally <laughs> they didn't hit they the loop guards. Well, I mean, yeah. I we they we found a new loop, but anyway, it's uh, new loop, like, same I get, you know, like same shit different day. I mean, it's still the werewolf, the Cerberus mon stuff. Like the if if hit the Cerberus mon stuff if you want to stop the loop cuz everyone's just different iterations of various Cerberus loops. At this point, yeah, but like if they are saying based on Calling of the Darkness that they don't like the looping, I think then don't build the looping into a single card. Well, so it's unintended endless loops. I so I think it's the wording that Calling from Darkness simultaneously deletes a Digimon, which is a good thing for these decks, and you can then bring back cards to use for your loop or one and the i think i think it really more does have come to to the subtext that deleting the digimon is a not a cost i think this card is at least somewhat more fair if you are required to delete a digimon to play its effect that it can if it can whiff if i play it or i mean it doesn't activate security but if i play it for one and i don't have a digimon it does nothing it goes to my discard pile just like if you play a memory boost and they have a memory blocker out. Technically, you know, the gameplay uh, systems work, you know, in a competitive environment where you're not allowed to take back mistakes. Your opponent has, you know, a, um, Chumon out. I play Hammer Spark. Nothing happens. Goes to discard pile. That's technically allowed. That would be the, like, updated ruling for Calling from the Darkness. But I think it's really funny that Purple got hit but not really because also it's another BT7 card. <laughs> BT7 yeah, B- continues B- its ranking champion of banned cards or restricted cards. I think BT7 was like a huge design shift. BT7 was the problem. Like, it really was. But Dora yeah, as you, BT7, as, right? Uh, which do, yeah, yeah Dora, Dora Graymon's BT7, BT7 too. Yep. That makes but, four. Yeah. Because you have the hybrids, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy, have, Jet Selfie, um, and then Doru Greymon calling, calling from the darkness. Yeah. Oh, even um, 
No, I was gonna Eisman. say Susanamon wasn't restricted. Oh, even uh, yeah, Jesus, Eismon. <laughs> Shout out to Eismon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So the funny thing with Calling from the Darkness is, Purple doesn't care about that hit. Most Purple decks weren't running more than two anyway. So it's like, oh, this really just didn't do a whole lot uh, in terms of like actually like, oh, purple was such a problem, this needed to be hit. I think it was just more of a thing that they just really uh, didn't think was good uh, in terms, like that's what they were stating. They, they didn't think it was healthier for the game to just have the capability of doing it multiple times. Uh, so that just obviously led them to want to just limit it even though we already self-limited it ourselves yeah um so this almost kind of gets onto a like second segment um we might run a little longer today but um i feel as though it kind of needs to it's part of this greater issue really so with this restriction announcement um it sets a precedent that i we now live in a world that i'm not necessarily as apt to be excited about and speaking with zenitsu we kind of we went back and forth a little bit and reading through a lot of comments on reddit about people's opinions on well is this a good idea is this a bad idea like well not specifically just reddit reddit facebook my youtube comments i only read it's, reddit. it's all if it's i read all over if i'm place. ever caught reading facebook someone's allowed to slap me across the face but that's a separate I... issue I'm active if, on all if someone, social media platforms. If someone with more than twelve IQ comments on Facebook, somebody like somebody tag me in the post so I can read it, but until then any nothing of Facebook provides value. Um I mean I'm I'm active in all social media, so I just uh or at least the majority of it, so I I want what, to get What's other the Digimon Twitter look like? I wanna know what the Digimon competitive Twitter looks like. <coughs> It's um, just people tweeting or like retweeting um, on their tweets, and usually they're pretty salty. So, anyway, um, that it they're just it's a, it's a fairly nuanced thing that we're now encountering, and um, I kind of wanted to just you know not reenact, but. Put out, re put out a version of our conversation for this, because I feel like many people are having the same conversation, and you know, giving a voice to their opinions and potentially allowing them to form their own. Because I am of the mind, I guess you know, just you know, subject statement. This ban, at this time. I guess, you know, the most sane comment, I guess, is that this band is fine if it was at the beginning of BT-11. Um, many statements I've seen have been along those lines of, I don't have any issues with this, but it should have been at the start of BT-11, which is probably the most sane comment I've seen, the most rational. Um, but we didn't. We got it right now. We're getting it at the start of EX3, you know, a hot, what, three weeks after Shout 4 became legal at all um and after a single competitive event of which it wasn't even the best deck at that tournament maybe it was the most teched four deck against that tournament i bet that we still you know there's no hard numbers on that that's a soft it's a you know prediction but um 
it wasn't the best deck at that tournament, and now it's getting restricted in a format where it probably doesn't need to be, is I guess my take. A, but also it, this type of restriction is very dangerous. Um, I definitely in the same sound mind of agreeance where I do think it is just a little too early. Um, at least like if they waited till BT 11, we get time to play with the card a little bit more, get some more data on it in terms of our format. Granted, uh, Japan doesn't care about that at all. Um, but disregarding that, like at least in BT 11, we do get more cross hearts cards to actually replace the ones that we are losing. So at least the deck is still more playable, even with the restrictions. Because right now everyone's just snap getting uh, King Shout, and he's the only replacement card that we have for Shout 5, or not Shout 5, Shout 4, um, because he's fitting a very similar bill, just obviously not as good. Um, and then, obviously, without the removal card and being able to play the Tamer, um, the removal suite's going to change a little bit. So it is going to be a functionally worse deck that it really didn't need to be, uh, because, again, BT or EX3, there's just more decks to play. So who knows if any of those would actually have a bigger impact in the English format than the Japanese format. Um, so there's also that factor. Uh, but I do feel like, based on just being in the Bandai sphere, um, I was paying attention to a little bit of Dragon Ball Super, and their announcement came literally at the exact same time as the Digimon one. Um, if anyone's unfamiliar with Dragon Ball Super, uh, obviously it's another Bandai card game, and while Bandai likes to keep everything in-house, there is no English branch, English division for anything, so it could have just been the same person that was just like, okay, and upload Digimon, upload Dragon Ball. Done. Um, so I have no idea the inner workings exactly, but that's something that actually did cross my mind, is like maybe it's a similar person, same person, who is doing this type of stuff. So I think the dangerous precedent here is that we now live in a world where nobody is safe. And not that nobody was safe before, because people, you know, cards have been restricted, but it wasn't... So, you know, Jet Silphimon was restricted six months after it's, you know, it was at the start of BT9, it was a BT7 card, two and a half sets later, um... And, yeah, that would have been like four or five months. Um, Tommy doesn't, you know, cancel blue hybrids. It obviously makes it less ideal because of the specific blue hybrid interactions with, you know, his inheritable and the Korikaku as the Digimon that cares about having Tommy underneath. So it's harder for that effect to go off. But, like, so Jet Sophie, I think, is the greatest example, I guess, or even going far backer further back to Savior, when it was the only option for Jessmon, kind of effectively just kills the deck for the time being, because why? what were you going to run? You, yes, you can technically run, but we, we all saw that that didn't work, and that didn't happen. Jet, Jessmon fell off. 
competitively it didn't exist. And um, same with yellow hybrids with Jess Sylphie. But those weren't as problem. I say very little bit. People saw the future proofing of that, I think. Everyone saw the writing. Because I think even at that point, the Jessmon starter deck had already been announced. We didn't know what was in it, but we knew it was coming. And therefore... Oh my God. Can you imagine Savior with Jessmon GX? When attack trigger or when digivolving ability again? Oh. Mm. Twice? So, um, but for them to kill an archetype two weeks into a format because of you know, how it, you know, scared Japan. Especially after we've already kind of shown, based on the, you know, this singular result, and the, you know, small amount of preparatory playtesting that people have had. You know, they print some proxies, they play on uh, a simulator, and then they figure out that Cross Hearts can be beaten when it's not a tier zero deck, it's not blue hybrid territory, it's not Gabuban territory. Especially not for Ice Wall Gabubon territory, where it's decidedly the best thing in the format. And but now it's getting restricted because of what it did to Japan, and because it's getting new support. And it just came out, and I think that's because now we're looking at things being restricted. Basically, right after they come out, everyone was waiting for this announcement two months ago. Or a month ago, two months ago, when they announced that just Doru Greymon would be restricted in Japan. And then also, I guess something to note here is that ban list still hasn't even come into effect yet. Doru Grey it's not even restricted until December first. Oh I'm sorry, no, these cards are getting restricted in Japan in December first. So Yeah, Doru Grey's are not only are we getting it first not only are we getting this first in timeline order as far as we're getting this restriction in ex3 at the start of ex3 but we're getting it just first period as far as actual date of the year so they will be i think through bt11 this will probably be at the start of bt12 for them or ex4 i don't know which comes first bt12 uh, so it'll be probably at the start of bt4 for them or bt12 i'm sorry but because this just kinda screams Yu-Gi-Oh to me, and that was—it's one of the writings on the wall as far as like things I determined to be degenerate card design and balancing. To me, I don't think it's that doom and gloom. Like I said, I think personally, it's just the same Bandai person who just hit upload twice, um, and. I don't know. I again, I think that they could have just waited till uh, BT eleven, but it it is what it is. And like the only silver lining to this that I'm kind of like optimistic for, uh, I'm using the word optimistic kind of loosely here, um, is the fact that now we have a more unknown EX three format. So it kind of makes EX three a little bit more exciting, even though. It is kind of a shame that Cross Hearts is. Uh, it, I think people are still gonna like hold on to it because of the new stuff that's gonna be coming out. But it is unfortunate that it's gonna be taking a decently long break, just because like it's not gonna be the deck that people wanted or wanted it to be right now. 
it just it means that we have to reassess um, meta capabilities kind of on a very case-by-case -case basis because now we live in a world where where everyone may potentially so you know moving forward because we have to um, BT 11 is currently strictly dominated by black war Greymon X and it's not even a competition it's yeah, actually it's, kind of funny Black War Greymon X, I think, has three times the number of tournament wins, because it's the only thing that they track is, like, local tournament w victories is, is basically the only metric of um, competition of Japan. So, as far as, you know, unique instances of local tournament victories, it's, like, 60 more than the second place is Black War Greymon. And that's with Cross at full power. So, um... What was the third best deck? Because I remember. Oh yes, uh, it was Blue Flare. Okay, so Blue Flare, the the only like Blue Flare is the third best deck of BT11, and this is now because now we just don't work. This isn't BT5 anymore. Like like I guess we've re we've, but I don't really want to live in a world where I can potentially pick the wrong good deck because I'm. Okay, Black War Greymon's really good. Everyone's like, it, honestly, if like this is, I guess, my only PSA. If you were anyone out there who heard this announcement and panic bought some Black War Greymon stuff, you're probably wrong now, because you're the one that should be most afraid of this announcement. Because this just proves that if you're too good, they will let you buy the cards. They will let they will let you sell all. They will sell you all the BT11 alt arts you want, and then they will ban it two weeks later, or restrict it to one, which is essentially the same thing, because they will kill your deck after you've bought your fancy alt arts. I mean, it is it isn't funny, but I laugh a little bit at people posting on Reddit like, "Oh hey, my cards just came in the mail and it's a full playset of alt arts or box toppers for shout cross stuff." Because we're still in that point where people are still getting cards in the mail from, you know, if you bought them at the start, you know, you get like 2 weeks for crap to come in. Maybe you didn't even decide you wanted to play uh, cross arts until after you went to your first local and you saw how fun it could be or how cool it was and then you bought the stuff and it was a pretty cheap deck to build outside of death x and also death x isn't here and um you know it, it has been well noted now that they still you know I, there is a precedent they do not ban or restrict cards above the rare value super rares and secret rares have not been touched and probably will won't be at this point uh, I don't won't say never say never, but uh, I yeah, will. the fact that they still they still haven't hit high rarity card is like okay. I mean, part of it I get, uh, but part of it is like, yeah, X could probably do with the limitation, even though a lot of decks at least would matter. Like, unlike the calling anyway. for darkness restriction, restricting yeah, Death X to it, one would change deck lists. <laughs> Uh, yeah, security control would not be able to just try to spam it. Same thing with uh, other more control-heavy decks um, like D-Reaper. But um, it is kind of worrisome to a degree uh, just because, like, oh, what is safe for me to want to think about investing into based on Japanese results? Because, like, unfortunately, again, they don't necessarily care about the English data and like how we play the game 
just because something was a problem for them. Best of one and best of three are two completely different formats and decks have to be designed differently in order to accommodate it. Some people were tossing around the idea of, oh, now we should have two ban lists. I don't necessarily think that's like that's a needed. that's a dumb take. A uh, really a dumb broken take. Card, yeah, a broken card's a broken card's a broken card. It doesn't matter. But like the thing that I'm thinking about in this situation is um the speed of the formats that we currently are in. Right now, the cycle that they currently have laid out, it's literally feast or famine. Um they need to do a better job at releasing their products, and that also could help alleviate these negative feelings. Like, we have one month, technically three weeks, of BT10 before going into EX3. Then we have three months of EX3 before going into BT11. Then we'll probably have another three months or maybe one month until the next set comes out. It's, it's like this three-month, one-month cycle when they could just spread it out to two months and just leave it at that. Like, every two months there's going to be a new set just because they release six sets a year. Um, not including wherever this reprint set that they're going to do is going to be slotted in. I don't know if it's going to take the place of an EX set or if it's going to be like, I have no idea. But looking too far ahead aside, um, some of the feelings that people are having, which are completely justified, is the speed and uh, pacing of how they release their products. I don't think anyone will ever be happy with the speed and pacing of their products because, as I mentioned I think one of our like pre, uh, pre podcast discussions. I literally in the same hour saw somebody say, "Oh my God, BT9 was so long. Thank God that it's over." I almost quit because it was so long, and then the same, same Reddit thread, another person said, "Oh my God, EX3 is coming out two weeks after BT10 comes out. That's way too soon. I'm I'm not gonna be able to keep up with this. I think I'm gonna quit." So, pick one. Like, I mean, that's they that's already have like... they already have what six sets a year. You said that's a lot. That is honestly a lot. But they're smaller sets. I think they could really just do to include fewer sets a year. Magic does four standard sets a year. Obviously, they have a whole bunch of non-standard legal sets. They're basically constantly, you know, spoiling new cards for something. Basically, always it's like the twenty-four hour news cycle now, but um seriously they could just double the amount of cards in a set and then have the number of sets well they're right now what they're the intention is is the ex sets aren't really part of the core sets so they're the they're still standard legal that's, that's why i see yeah, that that's that's the <laughs> that's the caveat is they they are uh they're all standard they are, legal and you're gonna yeah. like you can't they, just. They are tournament legal. I'm not going to use the yeah. word standard because there is no other format. Yeah, they're they just are tournament legal. Event legal. Yep. If you walk into a tournament and it's EX3 is now out and you, somebody pulls out their Bloom Lord Mon, you're like, ha, this deck sucks. And all of a sudden, well, what is that? It's a Hydra Mon. Oh, no. That's. I, I choose not to, you know, exert your existence. Somebody, like, forfeits against D Reaper for some reason, but, you know, they. They're small subsets for, you know, specific purposes, but they are tournament legal, so they're not, it's not a master set, right? It's not a unset. <laughs> it's not a commander set. It's not a set, set that you don't need, sometimes depending I mean, on the deck. I mean, yeah. I definitely, 
I know the entire people do have conversations around multiple formats. Um, I I don't think there needs to be more than one really, but um, the idea of making a non-tournament legal set would be interesting. I don't know why anyone would buy it or play with it because who cares? But um, I don't know. Like, if they're gonna make this many sets, like you could just double everything. Like, you know, double the amount of cards, have the amount of sets, slightly increase the price of the box, maybe. I know people are still probably paying above MSRP if you live in the middle of nowhere, but, yeah. I mean, but I, I'm always happy to see new ban and restriction announcements, but at least all of the other times before, they were kind of better telegraphed this literally like my phone was blowing up at like five o'clock in the morning of like oh my god a band just dropped and then i immediately had to try to like gather my thoughts around it after just reading that and then uh like youtuber stuff aside like making a instant video um but it, it was kind of just out of left field completely blindsided and a lot of the other ones weren't so blindsiding it was like oh we kind of were feeling it we were kind of guessing it uh we knew the doru was gonna get hit and we were just waiting for the when and now that we got it it was just like oh okay <laughs> didn't didn't expect that i don't know if it's because it's just we've talked about it more now or if I'm actually just that good of a uh, convincing, if I'm not convincing, because you seem way less for this <laughs> the, the more we talk about it. Well, because, like, there's the only positive, like I already laid out, is we get a slightly different format, which makes things more exciting. But that that's the only real positive. You get to play more Melga X. That's a pretty good positive. I mean, I do like Melga X, don't get me wrong. He was one of the best performing decks of the BT10 format. And now uh, he's <laughs> the best performing deck of the BT10 format as of right now. And that's with, the fact that and that's with Crosshearts before he gets his knee, knees get taken out. Yeah. Someone's going to bring him behind the shed. I mean, like, I'm, I generally like supporting... Um, not necessarily shilling for Bandai. Like, if they do something wrong, I'll call them out on it. Eh. Um, You're, you but you I, don't like I, drawing I like hard lines. To, way, way less I than like I do. To, <laughs> I, I like to be optimistic. Like, I want people to have as much fun as I'm having, but when I was literally practicing and playing the deck, and now I'm also part of that group where it's just like, ah, crap, what am I going to do for EX3 now? Imagine anyone that bought I, a case of bt10 and how use how like low value those cards are going to be now well i mean king shout got a pretty hefty jump but i had to buy into the king shout so why would anyone buy King Sh like i guess just to to literally have more quote-unquote shoutmon cards to at least run the deck because now you can't run non-cross art cards well okay so king shout is a level four who is bred so he's already like those those are two big key points for the deck. He has a Digicross, and he can be used for Digicross as any material. So, like, he's not a bad card. He's just not the card that we want. 
he's just the only one that we have left to use. Um, so, like, I mean, the only other option is, like, what, the Searcher Shout from BT5? If well, you the really only other... wanted to. So, again, I, I think I'm... The, confu the part that's confusing to me is people see that Cross 4 is restricted and they immediately then go out and buy Cross Hearts cards. That's like... Why? Why buy any Cross Hearts cards? Because just, just don't play Cross Hearts if Cross Hearts is going to get kneecapped. Well, for me, I just wanted to finish my playset because, again, my case only came with three. So I just wanted to have that fourth. That I feel like you're in the minority um, there, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm 100% in the minority. For your average person, especially if it's now going to be a, a decently expensive card, you know, given how it was probably really cheap before. But people are going to go out and they're going to buy a secret rare to replace their rare that is just worse in every capacity other than it's the only other potential card if you ever really want to run a cross hearts deck you have to run this or there's otherwise you're replacing it with like cute mons just just random yellow rookies that aren't on brand and don't save or other option cards that aren't sunrise buster um like i mean, I mean so this it's... is pretty telling to me so uh best-selling digimon card game metal graymon the the blue flares is number one super one yeah he jumped because everyone's shifting Jessmon gx is number two death x is number three king shout is number four but it seems as though i mean i don't know what this looked like you know before the announcement but Death X is already is always going to be popular. People are constantly, you know, buying and selling Death Xs as they feel as though they need to. But the number two cards, two the top two cards right now, the the big winners of this announcement are Blue Flares and Jespon, and that's what people are buying. Yep. I mean, Jespon's easy because it has a starter deck, and Blue Flares is well, Blue it, Flares. It doesn't matter how. I mean, I guess that as we mentioned, like it does matter how easy it is to build as far as people playing it it helps the play rate but it's just it is a good deck genuinely Jespon is a good deck um most punished by death xmon basically exclusively um but so i guess that's even with cross arts falling out of the meta death x just is good exclusively for the purpose of like as in minerva Hey, my deck sucks against wide boards. Death X is great against wide boards. Just solves that problem immediately. You know, if you have a wide enough board to where you think you're going to lose, it's probably a great Deathmon board. And it's not like we don't have go wide decks. Like, we still have uh, Deep Brigades, Deep Reapers. We still have Jessmon, Bloom Lord. Uh, so there's still plenty of go wide decks to where. Death X is uh, still a good card, but I think like part of this is maybe they didn't want to hit Death X just yet, uh, holding on to that copium. Um, and you can cope all day, with, my friend. And with uh, less cross hearts, there will be less Death X because now he's not going to be as needed because, oh, well, there's still just a decent amount of good BT9 decks that I'll just play single stack out of raising beat your face in. Um, and Death X, as proven in BT9, does absolutely nothing against those. Well, 
this ended up being less the debate that I had imagined it being, but that's probably just because I was so good at it the first time that I convinced Zenitsu that this was a bad thing before we even had the second discussion. Well, like, I didn't really have anything, like, I can't be sunshine and roses all the time. Like, I, like, I already was just taking into account, like, more and more things as information started to devolve um, mm. and uh, envelop. And it's just like, okay, this, this is clearly out of touch. And this is in, I don't want to say exactly poor taste, but it's, it's not in everyone's benefit. So like the, the biggest takeaways, it should have been pushed back. We didn't need it this soon. Um, and that that's basically where everyone kind of seems to be drawing the line. It's like, look, we don't care that they got hit. Just make sure we have other stuff to play if we want to play that before you hit it. Well, since I don't I just want to at least provide like some context to the pro argument only because um I feel like we both just ended up on negative a little bit cuz I I do agree that there are some positives to this even if they aren't wholly my opinion. I at least respect other people's opinions and this Reddit comment I feel like uh, capsulizes it the best. Um, basically, someone says, why are we getting this list at the start of VX3? Why not at the start of VT11? Which is, again, probably the most rational thought. Most people who disagree with this would say that. Um, even some people that agree with the restriction would say that. And it's... This this comment, I think, does encapsulate the idea, not outside of the like your take, that it's just a random intern at Bandai that probably makes like $6 an hour and just uploads ban lists for card games, destroying their economies at the same time. But um, it's because they want us to have a better BT-10. Japan, many people would tell you that Japan's BT-10 was not fun. It was way more, and they also had, you know, yellow hybrid Venus Mon, but Cross Hearts and Venus, it was basically just like these two towering titans with, you know, like, the, if those are the dinosaurs, then every other deck is the little, like, marsupials that'll eventually evolve into, like, humans just scampering underneath their feet. And it was, now those decks are completely, you know, meteored um, <laughs> with the restriction of Sunrise Buster and Jet Selfie Mon and... Uh, cross four. So, those decks no longer exist. Um, especially like cross source obviously will come back as Nitsu mentioned. It will be a deck at some point with its BT10 or BT11 support. But I would be very surprised if it sees a single tournament top for the remainder until BT11. Uh, I would be happy if it did, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but like the other plus side to this is the fact that they are trying to take a more active interest in actually balancing the game. Because, uh, like, in the first, like, year, we saw, like, literally one ban announcement when... And it was so weird because it didn't matter more. to us. <laughs> yeah. It like, was kind of like this one, though. Honestly, I guess. They they restricted Argomon level 5 and HPD before it became a problem. Because it was yeah. a problem in Japan, and that's kind of what we're getting here. The difference is, the only caveat is, 
they told they sold us the cards first. That's that's the part I really don't like about it. They sold us the cards first and then took away our toys. Yeah, where we already knew going into uh, Special Booster 1.5 that HPD and Argo Level 5 were going to be hit, and we had literally one week to play with it full power. Um, so, yeah, the, the situations were different, but going back to, as I was saying, with um, taking a more active interest, like, before this, we only had maybe one ban announcement for the entire year. Um, I'm okay with getting more for more problematic cards as they're sh like starting to show up because I don't know if it's necessarily them just not double-checking their work or if it is actually just unintended interactions. Um, there could be a, multiple, uh, a multitude of different things. Trust me, I've been on the designer side of it. Uh, where it's just like, oops, definitely didn't see that one. Um, so, like, it is it is at least welcoming to see them being more attentive to their own game. So, we do live in a, you know, faster and looser Bandai ban restriction world now. So, anyone... Holding on to Black War Greymon alt arts, I wish you luck, because that deck is currently doing the same thing to BT11 that Crosshearts did to BT10, and if that's the precedent, then it's it's a more complicated issue to solve though, because Black War Greymon. There's out... so many moving pieces. It's so yeah, many. It's you it's can't different. just point to one, and it is potentially. Like now we're I, I already I know we've we talked about it with the, the last time we received an alternate timeline, but this is even more of an alternate timeline because Black War Greymon's dominance, at least initially, was prompted by the absolute dominance of Crosshearts. So if nobody's playing tamer based decks, but blue flares will exist, but it's not as tamery, um and there's no yellow hybrids then where does Black War Greymon really fall? Because something like your Grandis, which I think Grandis is still performing in Japan. Grandis just refuses to go away as far as all the OT get, OTK decks kind of fell to the wayside. Grandis just refuses to go away. Grandis continues to be like the fifth best deck of BT11, I think. And again, Japan's a best of one. We'll see if that continues to hold true here, though Grandis... Did Grandis have two tops? I already forget. Uh, Grandis had one top this event. Okay, so it still exists. And um, Black War Greymon had no tops this event. Yeah. Um, like, which is interesting, actually. But my fear with Black War Greymon is uh, he's in a very dangerous position, personally, just because like decks want to play their tamers whether it's a casual thing or that's the focus doesn't matter yeah even the if you're not a tamer based Raymond deck comes in if anything and just, yeah and just absolutely demolishes what you were even attempting to do it's like cool i just can't even do that anymore it's so like yeah it, it really starts killing off the drive to even want to play tamers and right now tamers are already in a very hard spot for a lot of casual decks i'm using the word casual like uh, not 
the any, focus. Like, any it, deck Zenitsu recommends on his YouTube channel. No. <laughs> like, if they're casually running a tamer. There we go. That's the proper word. If they're casually just running a tamer, now they just can't. Because they'll just get hard punished for literally doing something that the deck kind of sort of wants to do, but not really. Like, it's there to help. And Black War Greymon just completely just annihilates all tamers. Like, you can't even play tamers anymore, it seems like, with uh, Black War Greymon. So... And that's that's the, a very unfortunate side effect to um, how he's performing. Yeah, I would at least compare it most to land destruction. Land destruction and magic is something that is very, very rarely done. It is something that is like almost uh, taboo. They, they really don't like printing land destruction because of its implications of it restricts your ability to have resources and play the game. And that's kind of the role tamers fill somewhat. Obviously not to the same... Like, you can't actually not play the game if you don't have tamers, but many strategies do re rely upon their tamers, such as crosshearts or even just a generic memory tamer, something that gives you access to a set amount of minimum memory each turn. And Black War Greymon just comes in and just kicks down your block castle and tells you to pick it up. Yeah, and it sucks that uh, Crosshearts had to be the deck to force Black War Greymon's hand to be there. Well, they had uh, to force I... like more tamer interaction because of Crosshearts and the save mechanic in general. And, you know, dare I say, have they gone too far? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, only time will tell how it'll actually be in our, uh, like, in our format, but who's to say by the time we actually get to BT11, we might not have another ban announcement that'll affect how Nationals plays and yeah. change BT11 for us again. Well, because we were already kind of expecting one. I know we talked about it with our, our teammates that, um, there probably should, Clash could have been one in the January territory. So like two months before nationals, because that's where they did it last year, December, January. Here's your buy, you know, you know, semi-annual ban restriction announcement. But now we know they're not semi-annual anymore. They're kind of whenever they feel like it. Yeah, and it'll definitely be interesting to see where things go. I just hope it's they don't get too ban happy. I don't think they will, considering how passive they've been for a very long time. Um, but I don't know. I just say they they seems... don't make more mistakes and um, things leak in that's, that shouldn't have. That seems very Yu-Gi-Oh of them to just print something, let it be broken, and then just step on it. Oh well, this isn't meta anymore because we banned it. Not because it well, isn't I good don't... anymore. It's just we banned it. You know. Um, well, I don't think they're trying to do it. It's just, uh, they could just... I, I honestly think Shout 4 was actually just a ginormous mistake. They could have just made the card, don't unsuspend the tamer. You could do all of the other stuff, just don't unsuspend the tamer. Oh, they unsuspend the tamer. Uh, now they're enabling the thing that they just, they said that they didn't want to do enable. Okay, like, well, okay. you know, Greymon X Antibody from BT11 all turns when this Digimon has Greymon or Omnimon in its name and in effect would delete it or return it to hand or deck 
return any X antibody from this Digimon's Digivolute sources to the bottom of its owner's deck to prevent it from leaving play. <laughs> the effects are getting better. I uh, believe me, I know. Uh, and like part of the whole idea on where our meta currently is is a lot of it stems from the protections that the Digimon are going to be coming with and how they're actually going to try to um, keep themselves around, which is why Brandis is in such a unique position because he's one of the few that doesn't, but he's in a position where he just doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to hit hard, and I'm going to walk away. 